Pastor Xavier Reese and a look in the mirror at the simple truth. If I'm going to have a proper view of myself, I must see myself in light of God's Word, that I am a sinner in need of salvation, or I am a sinner in process of salvation, both needing to be dependent on God continually. You understand? The Bible is a mirror. Don't open the Bible and say, well, I don't look that bad. No, that's you. Yeah, you do. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. One of the most contested issues today is the environment. From global warming to building green, man is on a quest to prepare for and preserve the future. But there's one future most have overlooked, eternity. Today, Pastor Xavier opens up the book of Ezekiel with an important look at what awaits those who continue to refuse the Lord. Now, here he is with today's lesson, Hell and Eternity. The life of, uh, of man is so temporal, and the lie of Satan is that there's nothing after life. It's just a Christian invention to scare people and to just make them uh, not enjoy life. But the Bible warns very clearly about eternal damnation, both Old and New Testament. And Jesus spoke more about hell and money than he did about heaven. There's a reason for that. It's a real place, and people will end up there, the majority of humanity. Now, we never say this with a smack of the lips. It's never with contentment or superiority. It's with a broken heart that we should say it or even proclaim it. But we must proclaim it. We do not apologize for the truth of God. But as we're going to get to chapter 33, I'm going to do a message on the watchman. I am a watchman. I declare. I proclaim. Majority of pastors would not touch this text. Politically correctness. Diversity. I will not compromise as long as I'm your pastor. I will proclaim the word to you with all love, with all compassion. But I will declare it. And wherever the chips fall, then let them fall. It really doesn't make any difference. Because God's on the throne. And so what we have here is the command to the prophet Ezekiel by God to lament the demise of Pharaoh leading to the casting of the imperial army into hell. An incredible text of the Old Testament. Let me read for us here. And it came to pass in the twelfth year, in the twelfth month, the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and say to him, You are like a lion, young lion among the nations, and you are like a monster in the seas, bursting forth in your rivers, troubling the waters with your feet, and fouling the rivers. Thus saith the Lord God, I will therefore spread my net over you with a company of many people, and they will draw you up in my net. Then I will leave you on the land, and I will cast out you out in the open fields and cause to settle on you all the birds of the heavens. And with you I will fill the beasts of the whole earth. I will lay your flesh on the mountains and fill the valleys with your carcasses. I will also water the land with the flood of your, your blood, even to the mountains, and the riverbeds will be full of you. When I put out your light, I will cover the heavens and make its stars Dark. I will cover the sun with clouds, and the moon shall not give her light. And all the bright lights of the heavens I will make dark over you and bring darkness upon your land, saith the Lord God. I will also trouble the hearts of many people when I bring 
your destruction among the nations into the countries which you have not known. Yes, I will make many people astonished at you, and their kings shall be horribly afraid of you when I brandish my sword before them, and they shall stumble every moment, every man for his own life in the days of your fall. For thus saith the Lord God, the sword of the king of Babylon shall come upon you by the sword of the mighty warriors, all of them the most terrible of the nations. I will cause your multitude to fall. They shall plunder the pomp of Egypt, and all of its multitude shall be destroyed. Also, I will destroy all its animals from beside its great waters. The foot of man shall muddy them no more, nor shall the hoofs of animals muddy them. Then I will make their waters clear and make the rivers run like oil, saith the Lord God. When I make the land of Egypt desolate, and the country is destitute of all that once filled it, then I strike all who dwell in it. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. This is the lamentation with which they shall lament her. The daughters of the nations shall lament her. They shall lament for her, for Egypt. And for all the multitude, saith the Lord God. It came to pass on the end of the twelfth year, the fifteenth day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, wail over the multitude of Egypt and cast them down to the depths of the earth, her and the daughters of the famous nations, with those who go down to the pit. Whom do you surpass in beauty? Go down, be placed with the uncircumcised. They shall fall in the midst of those slain by the sword. She is delivered to the sword, drying her and all her multitudes. The strong among the mighty shall speak to him out of the middle of hell with those who help him. They have gone down. They lie with the uncircumcised, slain by the sword. Assyria is there, and all her company with her graves all around her, all of them slain, fallen by the sword. Her graves are set in the recesses of the pit, and her company is all around her grave, all of them slain, fallen by the sword, who caused terror in the land of the living. Then there is Elam and all her multitude, all around her graves, all of them slain, fallen by the sword, who have gone down uncircumcised to the lower parts of the earth, who caused their terror in the land of the living. Now they bear their shame with those who go down to the pit. They have set their bed in the midst of the slain with all her multitude, with her graves all around it, all of them uncircumcised, slain by the sword. Though their terror was caused in the land of the living, yet they bear their shame with those who go down to the pit. It was put in the midst of the slain. Then there are Meshach and Tubal and all their multitudes with all their graves around them, all of them uncircumcised, slain by the sword. Though they cause their terror in the land of the living, they do not lie with the mighty who are fallen in the of the uncircumcised, who have gone down to hell with their weapons of war. They have laid their swords under their heads, but their iniquity will be on their bones because of the terror of the mighty in the land of the living. Yes, you shall be broken in the midst of the uncircumcised and lie with those slain in the sword. There is Edom, her king and all her princes, who despite their might are laid beside those slain by the sword. They shall lie with the uncircumcised and with those who go down to the pit. There are princesses of the north, all of them, and all of Sidonians, who have gone down with the slain in the shame and the terror which they cause by their might. They lie uncircumcised with those slain of the sword and bear their shame with those who go down to the pit. Pharaoh will see them and be comforted over all his multitude. Pharaoh and all his army slain by the sword, saith the Lord, for I have caused my terror in the land of the living 
and he shall be placed in the midst of the uncircumcised with those slain by the sword, Pharaoh and all his multitude, saith the Lord. The command for Ezekiel to lament the demise of Pharaoh leading to the casting down of the imperial army. Awesome, awesome text. It is characterized by three things. First, verse 1 through 10, the past glory and downfall of the Pharaoh of Egypt. Past glory and downfall. Second, verse 11 through 16, the present glory and conquest by Babylon of Egypt. And then 17 through 32, the future shame at the descent to hell for the army of Egypt. The past glory and downfall of the Pharaoh of Egypt comes first, verse 1 through 10. Now, there's been four chapters for Egypt, beginning 29, 30, 31, and 32. These first 10 verses correspond to the earlier judgment of Pharaoh in chapter 29, verse 1 through 16. There's parallels that go by. Let's begin here. Look at the date and commission of the lamentation for Pharaoh. Verse 1 halfway down to two. This is the sixth oracle, by the way, regarding Egypt. The date is 585 B.C., the 1st of March, the 12th year, 12th month, first day of the month. April's always the first month. Now, the Jewish and our, our dates, the first may change a little because the calendar's a little different, but we go by the date that is given here. We don't try to make the exact one. Now, this is nine months after the last prophecy. The prophetic formula, once again, the word of the Lord. This is the message from heaven once again, not the prophet. And the command is to lament Pharaoh, notice, for what will happen to him. Son of man, the title of weakness, mortality, normal man, take up a lamentation for the Pharaoh king of Egypt. Very specific. And though he's talking about the king of Egypt first and the whole thing per se, he's talking about the imperial powers of the world, the kingdoms. The word lamentations, the funeral dirge, as you know like others we have seen. These funeral dirges were often sung. Uh, We're going to see the daughters of the nations being those who are singing the dirge as we move down. Many believe that uh, Ezekiel himself, some of his uh, prophecies and probably some of these dirges, he was a very colorful prophet, as you remember when we we did a message on him. Uh, He did all those sign sermons, everything else. Uh, Incredible. You have them in chapter 2, verse chapter 19, 26, 27, many different lamentations. Now, notice when you get to the end of verse 2, down to verse 6, you have the abuse of power and abasement of Pharaoh. In verse 2, towards the end, the message to Pharaoh was one of rebuke for his overconfidence and ruthlessness. The Pharaoh was addressed the way he saw himself. It's interesting. He says, and say to him, you are like a young lion among the nations. A lion, you know, is is the king of the jungle. Everybody fears him. He saw himself as dominant. The dominant lion, the powerful, victorious ruler. This was his perspective of himself. And by the way, uh, the key phrase through this chapter is nations. 2, verse 2, 9, 12, 16. Nations. This is the context of what's going on here. Notice the Pharaoh was informed on the way God saw him. He says, and you are like a monster in the sea. Now, our English translation gives us a wrong understanding, communicating that Pharaoh was both a lion and a monster. And um, 
when I was reading, I was reading this passage in Spanish, and the Spanish is very clear. It's a contrast. And, and, and when I, I was looking at some of the commentators, nobody picked it up. So I, I look at the Kyle and Delish, the, the uh, Jewish commentators, and they pick it up. And it's a contrast. And so in other words, what's here, the word could be, instead of translated and, you should put there but. It's an adversative. It's an antithesis to the young lion. In other words, Pharaoh and others saw him as this mighty conqueror of nations, a lion, while in reality, he was a monster. As you know, the word monster is dragon, uh, without doubt referring to the crocodile of the Nile. God gave him this identity in chapter 29, verse 3. He's dealing with Egypt. He's dealing with Pharaoh. The Pharaoh, as a crocodile, was indicted by God here, notice, for his abusive power and uncompassionate conduct, bursting forth in your rivers, troubling the water with your feet, and fouling the rivers. Pharaoh saw himself as able to do whatever he wanted. Power is intoxicating. You've been around people like that? Power is given to someone at work that's, whose elevator doesn't go to the top floor? That's dangerous. Pharaoh, as a crocodile, subtly and treacherously burst forth and stirred up and muddied the waters. In other words, he disturbed and polluted the life of other nations. It is amazing what fallen man does with power. It's been said that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. I have seen this both from the world and from the Christian perspective. Outside the church and inside the church. Notice verse 3 through 6, the message to Pharaoh therefore was one of judgment. This is almost identical to chapter 29, verse 3 through 5. Uh, God would use other nations to capture Pharaoh. Thus saith the Lord God, I will therefore spread my net over you with a company of many people, and they will draw you up in my net. Notice it would be God's net, his doing. But he would use king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. He's already told us in chapter 31, verse 12 and 13 and other chapters. Notice God would allow the other nations to ravish her. In verse 4, that I will leave you in the land Cast out in the open field, cause to settle on you all the birds of the heavens, and I will fill the beasts of the whole earth. Like the hunt of a crocodile in the Nile. This is what would happen to Pharaoh by the hand of God. Verse 5, God would be the one to expose the humiliating destruction of Egypt. I will lay your flesh on the mountains and fill the valleys with your carcasses. Notice in verse 6. God would bring relief to the nations by the judgment of Egypt. I will also water the land and flows with your blood. Even to the mountains and the riverbeds will be full of you. Six times the personal pronoun I appears. Yahweh wanted no one to mistake in the judgment. It was from him. God takes full credit when he judges. He tells everybody. He does not hide from it. The meaning of verse 3 through six is clear and simple. The destruction of Pharaoh would include the whole land and many nations would be advantaged by it. They had been oppressed, polluted, corrupted. They would get relief. And you know what happens when that happens? What goes around comes around, right? Look at verse seven through 10. The judgment of Pharaoh would be a day of darkness and fear. In verse seven and eight, God describes the day as being reflected in nature and by nature. The day would be a day of gloom, 
When I put out your light, I will cover the heavens and make its stars dark. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon shall not give its light. All the bright lights of the heavens I will make dark over you and bring darkness upon your land, saith the Lord God. The language is similar to the tribulation and great tribulation, the day of the Lord. Once the rapture happens, the day of the Lord begins. This could be a twofold prophecy as we see many times in the Old Testament. Short term for Egypt and then in fulfillment to the last days of the great tribulation also. It's the same language as Joel chapter 2, Acts 2. Peter quotes Joel and goes all the way through the great tribulation, yet it wasn't fulfilled until the last time. So we see it here. We've done a study on the day of the Lord, incredible topic throughout the scriptures. Notice once again four times the personal pronoun I. It's emphatically stated. Notice the day would also be a day of judgment on the gods of the Pharaoh. The sun, one of their gods, Ra, would be covered by God with a cloud. Oh, God. Their little God covered by a cloud. God says in Genesis, I created the moon, the stars, and the sun. Don't worship them. Worship me. Don't fear them. Fear me. All these people who are pantheists, all these people who are tree huggers and all that, all these people that cry about seals and whales and pigeons and everything else, and they give up their money and they do all this stuff, yet they'll kill a baby in the womb. They're a bunch of hypocrites. They worship the creature more than the creator, which is blessed forevermore. The evidence was clear. Their God was impotent. Remember the plagues of Egypt? It was a judgment on their gods. All of those plagues were their gods. They worshiped them. The Nile, they worshiped. The, the, the lice, everything. The sun, darkness. Notice verse 9. God declared the rippling effect of fear on the other nations due to the judgment. I'll also trouble the hearts of many people when I bring your destruction among the nations into the country which you have not known. The nations afar off would vex and be vexed over the news of the destruction of Pharaoh's overthrown destruction. They would be in great anxiety. Two more personal pronouns, I. Grip with fear. News, they didn't have emails. They didn't have cell phones. So by the time news got to you, the enemy was just around the corner. Anxiety, vex. Notice verse 10. God will use the judgment on Pharaoh to put fear in the hearts of many people regarding the safety of their own life. Yes, I will make many people astonished at you, and their king shall be horribly afraid of you when I brandish my sword before them, and they shall tremble every moment, every man for his own life in the day of your fall. Death should cause each person to reflect upon their lifestyle and priorities. Death through divine judgment should cause people to fear God. Two more personal pronouns, a total of eight right now, to ensure the reader that the judgment is directly from God. The judgment of the days of Noah is God's testimony to rebellion against God and willful ignorance of man denying it is God's judgment. He has gone through the trouble to leave us remnants, the fossil record, we dig it up and we say, oh, evolution. And the angels go in heaven. <laughs> go through all that trouble and they come up with the wrong answer. Willfully ignorant. Rebellion against God. 
the perception of ourselves is often a distorted one because we perceive our world by what we have and what we are able to do, leading to self-confidence and self-deception. No one's an exception. That's why ladies love mirrors, because mirrors don't lie. They always want to make sure they can be squared away. The Bible is a mirror. Don't open the Bible and say, well, I don't look that bad. No, that's you. Yeah, you do. If I'm going to have a proper view of myself, I must see myself in light of God's word, that I am a sinner in need of salvation, or I am a sinner in process of salvation, both needing to be dependent on God continually. You understand? I'm in trouble, not God. I'm lost, not God. The test of life is what we do with the power we have at our disposal and how we exercise it. Listen to Proverbs 28, 16. A ruler who lacks understanding is a great oppressor, but he who hates covetousness will prolong his days. Ooh. Again, we've all worked and known people who abuse their power. Proverbs 29, 12. If a ruler pays attention to lies, all his servants become wicked. Oh, man. Do we see that in society? But I've also seen it in the church. Ecclesiastes 10, 5 through 7. Listen to Solomon. There is an evil I have seen under the sun as an error proceeding from the ruler. Listen, listen. Folly is set in great dignity. While the rich sit in the lowly place, I have seen servants on horses while princes walk on the ground like servants. Everything's reversed. We see that in our society, in our world today. You've got some people leading that, that should be following. You've got some people making policies. They still need to go back to school. You remember the account of Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, 35 through 45, where the two of the 12 disciples asked Jesus for the right and the left hand. And when the 10 found out, the two asked for it, they were indignant because the two beat the 10 to it. The, th- the dirty dozen, they, they, they weren't servants. They, they wanted to rule. It was under the shadow of the cross. Jesus is going to die. And they're talking about who's the greatest in the kingdom. Three times it's recorded. I'm sure it happened at least 3,000 times in conversation. (laughs) The judgment of God and his judgments are perfect and righteous. But he rather not judge man, but forgive him. Do you know that? Do you understand that? Let me give you what Isaiah 28, 21 says. An incredible passage. Isaiah tells us the judgments of God, that it's not his pattern to weigh or way to deal with man. Listen to him. For the Lord Yahweh will rise up at Mount Perism. He will be angry in the valley of Gibeon that he may do his work, his awesome work. Listen, listen. And bring to pass his act, his unusual act. This is judgment. This is the last, last step. God does everything to reach you, to reach me. Judgment is his last step. You as a parent, if you being evil, Take the last step to discipline your child. You'll do everything before you have to lower the boom. How much more God? And yet God is always charged as the God of wrath, isn't that? You haven't seen wrath. Ezekiel's already given us the heart of God. Very clear. Ezekiel 18, 32. For I have no pleasure in the death of the one who dies, says the Lord God Yahweh. Therefore, turn and live. 
That's why John gives us the love invitation of heaven. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's no need to perish. But you have the right to perish if you choose to. Wow. Pastor Xavier Reese and a roadmap to eternal life or eternal death. Now, there's much more to come next time, but if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, however, you can always pick up a copy of this message. And the title to ask for is Hell in Eternity. It's available on CD for only $4. And make sure you pass on this study to someone in your church or Bible study. So once again, the title to ask for is Hell in Eternity, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. When do you know if you've succeeded in life? That's coming up on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 